What's good? What's good? What's good? I am Damo, the political plug. This is the Chop Up Show. Uh, Y'all favorite black leftist. I'm here with my dog, Toya G. Just got back in from doing an amazing job up there north in Washington, uh, facilitating workshops and things, right? Y'all, you know. Y'all know, y'all know that's how we get down, but we have a very important conversation for y'all today. Um, something that's actually, to me, Toya, it's, 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 it's something that's near and dear to my heart, right? Because you, you would near consider, we consider ourselves podcasters, right? Yeah. We would consider Been doing it for a while now. For a while. We was podcasting before it was cool, but, you know, we still on the come up. That's how it goes. Um, but, Toya, if I was to ask you, what is the image of, for example, people, let's say niggas that look like me in podcasts today? How would you frame that? What would you frame that around? Um, when criticisms of women, uh, indicts or feedback on relationships or what they should be. A lot of attempts to take Twitter conversations and turn them into long, elaborate think pieces where you know there are no page limitations, there are no guidelines for publication. You just get the press live, and then from there on out, you just kind of lay out whatever theory you have about why people do what they do or whether or not your mama should sit in the front seat or your baby mama or your wife or your cousin or your sister or whatever. So, I mean, just a little, like really weird, I think uses of opportunities to either forward conversations that are beat to death or ones that just really prove that y'all not qualified to, to sit in front of the masses and no. be trying to give advice. Cause it ain't just, it ain't no. just, this is my take. This is my opinion. This is, this is how it should be. This is how it is. And if it ain't like this, you like that. And I think that's, what's troubling. And I also am very curious. I'm always very curious about what other people's, you know, groups is talking about, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> what, what, what they people be getting into yeah. it about. It seems like on my timelines and the way my algorithms are set up, which are to deal with, Young people with it, between the ages of about twenty-one to forty, uh, black people in particular, <laughs> and what they yeah. care about. You know what right. I'm saying? That's really what my my timelines are curated to to reflect, and that's what I be seeing. So I just be wondering what would be other on other people's phones. Like, yeah, know. And, and you know, I'm kind of offended because all I said was people that look like me, and so I look like somebody that I, <laughs> that uh, be on podcasts talking about bullshit, essentially. Yeah, um, unfortunately. We got a couple of minutes that we got to make. Unfortunately, sure. unfortunately. Cuss word free. Um, and, and unfortunately, as Toya is saying, what a lot of people that look like me ain't recognizing is that that, like, we're literally delegitimizing podcasts as a whole. Like, really, like, a, a sentiment that I've seen over the last couple of days is black women are just scrolling right past any nigga with a mic. <laughs> That's why I got my mic slightly off screen. So that I'll get, I'll get caught up in that, right? With black women, the, head, the headphones gonna give you away every time, right? Right, and yeah. Scrubbing beard too, but uh, and, and shout out to uh, shout out to Girl Nettles, Miss Ma'am, Melodious Ramblers, my boy Tommy. Shout out to them in the chat. And also, I want to I want to hear from y'all. What is what is y'all perspective of black people uh, of black men in podcasting? Um, and it's it. What you about to say? Well, no, I also think that, you know, a lot of these conversations happen and they happen, unfortunately, at a time when we need more people amplifying more 
meaningful, interrogative, critical conversations about shit that's affecting us right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this is not and to that's say, not you know, it's really not, you know, and it's, it, it is. And I think the disclaimer of this conversation is we're not sitting up here pretending that everybody who is black and got a mic in their face or even black and men who have mics in their face um, fall into this category. That would be an indictment and a criticism on what we've been trying to build this entire time. And we recognize other people out there, black folks uh, on pods who are, you know, doing the work of both, you know, being entertaining, but also trying to provide some type of richness to the culture that people taking the fact that we have this very long form medium and really injecting it with a lot of meaningful conversations or their art forms or just just things of substance. Right. But then there are also just honestly a lot of people who prove that we are not a monolith because they make sure to make their presence known when they do a whole bunch of weird shit um, and talking about relationships. Dominique, I'm going to cuss you and I'm going to fight you. <laughs> you don't know, turn that damn ringer off. But um, who, who really do a poor job of representing what is just I mean, it's the same issue we have in music. It's the same issue we have in you know, media and people in reality TV, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to, to Zeus, right? And and people can say, oh, blah, blah, blah. You just want respectability. You just want this, that, and the other. But I just, I, I feel like there are just missed opportunities uh, for us to, to for, for really smart people, really visible people, really powerful people to mm-hmm. to take their little corner of the world and do something with that shit. And do you know something what I'm saying? With like, that's where, it, that's where it gets weird. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I find problematic the most is because like what the way we attempt to frame, and I say we like niggas like my like that look like me, the way that we attempt to frame podcasting is like from that Joe Rogan. You know, this is where you get information that everybody ain't talking about. You know, this is independent media, pirate radio, that type of shit, right? So the expectation is, if I'm not, if if y'all giving me something that's not the mainstream, I shouldn't get mainstream vibes from it. Right. But as much as black men, I'm, I'm putting it out there, as much as black men talk about trash TV with like Housewives and uh, the, the uh, uh, Housewives of Atlanta and whatever basketball wives, all the wives that's all, that exist all on TV and how niggas right. complain about what, what that does for television and girls that watch TV and all this other stuff. Podcast that has become the new trash TV. I'm just going to put it out there. Y- y'all can disagree with me all y'all want. I promise you, I'm going to cook you on it. Podcasting has become the new trash TV. You're getting the same, what do we call them, Toya? Empty calories. Empty calories. In terms of entertainment, but you have convinced yourself that this thing that's entertaining you is actually is, is actually intellectual and helpful. That's, I mean, that, and, and that's where the problem lies. Go ahead. And I'm gonna, I, here's where I want to kind of like solidify and align myself with those perspectives because like, I mean, I was a big fan. I mean, I've had my moments, you know, and especially with the people that I hang out and socialize with where I've sat through and watched a lot of reality TV nonsense. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I still to this day, always find myself within cognitive dissonance when I'm in a situation where it's just, I'm watching black people just get to beat the shit out of each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always this moment where I'm just like, I don't even care about what other people think about us, but like, why are we here just kind of really trying to brutalize each other and you know, if if not, you know, physically, then on podcast you have verbally where we sit and really just in long form bash each other and with no censors and no nothing's off category and nothing's off off, you know what I'm saying, off the uh off the list. It's like everything you want to talk about and say, you're able to say, which is important because we should hear those perspectives, you know, and understand who are, who around us. 
But at the same time, it gives free airtime to a lot of people who are able to spread a lot of nonsense and bullshit in ways that just are not good for us to kind of take in and think and assume and consider about each other. You know what I'm saying? People take a lot of personal situations, a lot of personal instances, which is good. You want to be able to tell your story, but they do so and use it in a way Very that counterproductive kind of undermines the, the medium. Right. Very destructive. And we got some comments, too. Um, uh, Girl Nettle said the only black man that are truly hurting her is the passport bros. Foreigners are starting to look at us black travelers different because of the harm passport bros have done. Uh, Ethereal Beauty said you can speak casually and educated about a topic, but getting online to talk about trans issues without the inclusion of trans people, actual biologists, trans activists makes for very harmful takes. Uh, my boy Tyler, shout out! To, uh, he told me to comb my beard. I got you next he time. Did. Uh, right. A lot of times, podcasts go in one ear out the other. I probably retain about twenty percent what I've listened to. Well, thank you for coming in here to not listen to us, Tyler. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, uh, and sh- uh, shout out to all y'all, uh, all y'all in the chat. Th- this is the thing, though. I-, I feel like for me, as a black male podcaster, what what it- it's 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 uh, I feel like it's on my shoulders now. Like, if nobody else is going to be listening and then turn around and say, like, hey, somebody, we like, we got to push back against this shit, right? Like, we we have to hedge against this image. Somebody got to do something. But, like, the the response has been, oh, they, they just don't like the fact that we telling the truth. Oh, they just don't like the fact that we honest. They can't deal with the honesty, right? So, fuck, I'll be that nigga. I will be that nigga. So, you know what we're going to do today, Toya? What's up? We are going to go through... Podcast nigga lies, and mm-hmm. we are going to be podcast nigga busters. Myth busters. Right. We're, de- we're debunking some lies that have been peddled and associated with the with the craft of podcasting. Is that what it is? And look, and look, I'm telling you, this is just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the beginning because we know we know th- these niggas ain't going nowhere. Right, we, it, and you know it, now, and what I've called what I call like a post Kevin Samuels, you know what I'm saying? Social media, like this shit is <laughs> they got they martyr, right? They got somebody who took that, yeah, you know I mean, who really it, he gone, and now right. they got you know what I'm saying? They got they Virgin Mary. They got somebody to put up on the on on the candle on the statue, right? Yeah. And so what we gonna do is we gonna go through some of these myths, right? To to start off our myth busting. Of, the, of podcast nigga foolishness, right? Okay. And, and look, we we not calling it manosphere no more. We not calling. We not giving them no more names. Anytime anybody sitting in front of these microphones spewing misogynist, anti-black, anti-woman bullshit, you a podcast nigga. If you operating from that logic, that's podcast nigga logic, and that's why I love the word nigga so much. Just, just to <laughs> step off to a side for a second here, I love Put the word nigga so much. Because it's so, you, you, it, can, it can be used to describe so much. And when you throw nigga on there, you already know what you're talking about. Like, for example, when we say hood niggas, you know what you're talking about. But when we say suburban niggas, you know exactly what we're talking about, right? Broke niggas, <laughs> right? Rich niggas, right? It, we, we, uh, niggas can be everything. And so, ain't no more manosphere. Like, this shit is some, like, real, like a real community. Nah. It's just podcast nigga foolishness. And that's what we running it. That's what we running on, running with from here on. Uh, my boy, uh, Brother Rob in the chat said, are black people addicted to the drama, i.e. the car crash? Toya, you had said something about that earlier. Uh, about like whether or not, like who's to blame? 
<laughs> like who like it, it's really a market for this shit. That's why these niggas is going viral. Yeah. And so it's like, is it is it that like we can't help but watch the bullets? Like we love trash TV. We can't help it. I mean, I think we love distractions. And I think because, you know, I don't know. Like I, I, I haven't quite figured out the infatuation with seeing us like brutalize each other, like watching shit on Bad Boys Club or Bad Girls Club or watching reunion episodes where you just know like you we, we literally waiting for people to get up and fight i even take it back to you know a lot of people you know uh uh, uh you know pay condolences to, to jerry springer i'm gonna be honest with y'all i couldn't watch jerry springer in my house wasn't allowed to cut that shit on <laughs> yeah, a matter of fact that was the girl. literal only show my mama was like do not play jerry springer in my home but i feel like that was like the first seed being planted of us just watching People just nice. recklessly kind of just just tear each other up, yeah, you know what I'm nice. saying? Over some wild shit that just yeah. did not need to be on TV in the first place, right? Yeah. Like, and and you just watching it unfold live, you know what I mean? So, like, I just I don't have an explanation for why we have any affinity for that. You know, I think television is, of course, escapism. It allows for you to take a separation. I think a lot of people watch it and say, "I watch it to." Uh, uh, create distance from those people over there and me. I don't act like that. I don't carry on like that. Or I do, and it's a point of identification for them. Either way, I just don't think it is uh, a part of our collective ego that needs to be stroked. And I'm not even talking about people external to this community. I can give a damn about what white people or Asian people or Latinx people think about how we represent ourselves because we know the truth about us. But also, in knowing the truth about us, we don't bought into some bullshit and we have to be honest about that. You know what I'm saying? So... That's where it gets complicated for me. So, with that being said, that understanding, all right, let's go ahead and get into busting some of these myths. The first one, which is the one that I think is the most obvious, uh, that's the problem, is it, uh, Brother Rob in the chat says, solution alert, positive propaganda. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. That, matter of fact, Brother Rob, I'm still in that. I'll tell you, we getting chop up hoodies that say uh, uh, positive propaganda. Okay. Oh God. I, I like it. The next chop up hoodies, uh, shout out to Ethereum Beauty and the, the next chop up hoodies we get is literally, they're going to say chop up on the front, positive propaganda on the back. But the Should I talk more about chop up hoodies? Should I say anything about chop up hoodies? No, 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 Let's get into busting these myths, man. So the first myth that we gonna bust is that uh, black pop, black male podcasters today are under the myth. And again, we speaking generally. So before anybody, not all, not all. We know, nigga. I don't do it. All right, I'm all a right. black man. Right, but the one, but the ones that's getting the most rotation, the most views, right, the biggest push. Those podcasts are the podcasts that are specifically talking about shit like relationship advice. So for whatever reason, black male podcasters are under the myth that black people need relationship advice from random niggas with uh, microphones. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. But giving a, a, a mic and an opinion is not enough to, uh, uh, to, to, uh, to really, uh, really consider yourself credible, right? And a perfect example of this is this brother that's known here as Kevin Samuels, uh, and, and I, I want to give y'all a piece of when we, when we play these myths. I want y'all to see where we get these myths from. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Thing that women hate more than anything else is being bored. 
And when you don't cheat, you're boring. When you don't cheat, you're boring. When you are at home up under her butt, sniffing up under her, telling her that she's she's everything you want her to be, she'll love that for about that long. And the next thing you know, she'll be shebanga-banging your best friend. So, um, I didn't make women the way they are. I don't write the rules. I don't have the software, but one thing. Did I hear this foolishness? <laughs> so this is this is the logic that 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 this is this is this is what they consider in relationship advice. When you don't cheat, you're boring. <laughs> Told you, as a woman. Yeah. Do you mm. think he's 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 on point with that from the, with that from that perspective at all? I think he's stupid, <laughs> and I don't. Nothing fun about being afraid to catch a uh, sexually transmitted disease, and this is not to marginalize or stigmatize anybody that has them, but we know that that complicates things uh, in ways that people in committed relationships assume that they don't have to deal with anymore. Um, so no, like nobody wants the drama or issue of another child or another person to have to feed to have to take care of or even any of the antics that come from people being two people being promised some of the same things so i don't that's not fun like i just the logic there the elevator is not going all the way up and this is the same person who admitted to when people are copying his playbook that he had better more meaningful conversations that he wanted to have with his audience but that shit wasn't taken off so he started to say the most salacious and sensational things that he could to get people to engage in his content so you watch these same guys that are both getting and peddling this relationship advice i think tyler said getting relationship advice from an incel <laughs> perfectly described right yeah. and then they take it and flip it and generate it as well why I don't think they believe a lot of this shit. They just willing to walk around and pretend it enough because they get enough likes, they get enough uh, clicks, they get enough engagement. They get a little bit of money off of it. They making bread mm -hmm. off of your dumb ass clicking and engaging with it like it's some type of truth. Yeah, and, and I think what's, what's even crazier is just that like, dude has so much legitimacy. And then when he said, how do I know this? I just do. Mm. Bro. <laughs> Niggas have denied more better science than that. <laughs> right? Like it's niggas that'll tell you, or it's niggas on the internet who don't believe in gravity. You feel me? It, 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 but will believe that women like it when men cheat, right? Yeah. The way, like I'm trying to figure out uh, uh, in what world, like in what world did niggas who can't even maintain successful and productive relationships become the niggas talking about what relationships should look like? Because Hey, newsflash, niggas that are in good, productive relationships aren't on the internet talking about them. They're actually <laughs> taking care of their families, right? They being, they being pillars of their community. Like, they're living out being, you know what I'm saying, like, uh, productive and, and, and good, right? Like, and they, they, or... looking for audiences to teach. And or they have the, what we call social proof. Right. Look up that theory, theory of social proof, like the evidentiary analysis that gives you credibility to say the things that you say. And mm -hmm. then it's like, then I have some gems to share with you. Here are some businesses I've created. Here's some people I have empowered. Here's what my family looks like and how it thrives. 
we all know that social media is only going to capture only so much of it, but the, at the very least, have something to tie back. Half these niggas is getting on these mics talking, they ain't got nothing to show for it. Half, I mean, like, except for broken relationships, except for frustration and heartbreak and rejection that has now taught them and made them think that they are now masters of the game and stop mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's where it gets weird to me. So, the first myth that we, that we got to throw out of there, that we got to throw out of there, just because you can afford podcast equipment does not mean that you should be giving relationship advice. Oh, some of that. It's, it's not difficult to understand. We get you can have an opinion about a lot of things, right? But when you start advising people, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. And here's another thing because of some of this in the comments that has kind of referenced this, but we also gotta recognize and realize women who and I hate the phrase, I don't hate it. I just try not to throw it around and use it myself of pick me's in terms of women, but it is women who feel like they want to suck, they want to eat it up because they want to figure out the cheat codes that have kept them in the, at the gates of being married and being in a relationship with somebody who will protect them and love them and keep them for so long. So they eating that shit up too and gassing it and propping it up and projecting it out because they want to be seen, look and appear like viable candidates to the people who they want to be with. And this is also... You know, I don't want to be guilty of a bad form of feminism, right? Because I do stand for the ability for some women to want that lifestyle, who want to be in a very traditional monogamous relationship and a heterosexual relationship with somebody who's going to buy shit for them and provide for them and give them a bunch of kids and do all that. And if that's you, cool. If that's you, cool. But when you start to privilege, prioritize, and use that to slander and talk about other relationship models, that's where I have to stop you, baby girl. Exactly. So both of y'all keep it, right? This relationship, this podcast model, this myth that I got to be talking about relationships also feeds the very violent, intracommunal violence between women because now you have women turning their nose up and being real just whatever about people who have decided that that's not the way that they want to live their life, depending and relying on somebody else. Man, Ridwan Page in the chat said, I wouldn't take fighting advice from a dude with a black eye. You know what, you know what I'm saying? saying? Right. Uh, Miss Ma'am said, the facts of a feeling crowd will blindly cosign what makes them feel good and accepted as a fact. Right? That's that. That's it, the turn that Toya threw at me when we was when we was prepping for the episode is pseudo-escapism. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you're able to dive, like, confirmation bias leads to you feeling more comfortable engaging in these spaces where y'all, where, where, where y'all trauma bond. Yeah. Well, no, actually, that's that's actually not the correct definition of a trauma bond, but I do see what you're saying. Like, yeah, we are like. Well, hold on. What's the correct definition of a trauma bond? The definition of a trauma bond is when you rely on a connection with your abuser, right? And because that Uh, abuse is so sincere, you don't actually break out of those patterns, but you become reliant on that person both because they are probably have the capacity to reward you in some way. Or your relationship with you feels re- them feels rewarding in some way, but that is also the it's source still, of the trauma that you're experiencing. I, ooh, I, I still used it right. Okay, elaborate they, then. They, Let me... they, they trauma bond. They trauma bond over white masculinity. The okay. things that they complain about in their relationships is, is their inability to look and behave like white men in the way that they do in their relationships. Even though our relationship as black men to white masculinity is counterproductive. Counterintuitive. You know. What's up? You go. You you go. Political plug. They said my mic low. Uh, hold on. I may I may I may have to. I'm moving back and forth. I need to. I got my mic lowered because as a joke because it was like women when they say they it was women in a in a video that I made that was literally saying uh, 
<laughs> when they see black men and a mic in front of them, they immediately scroll past it. Lord. So, uh, but I, I'll back, make sure to speak back. up. And hold on, actually, let me turn my mic up, man. I, it should be better. Yeah, that should be better. That should be better. Uh, but continuing, continuing, continuing. So, we don't need relationship advice from y'all niggas. All right. Mm-hmm. We don't need relationship advice from y'all niggas. Moving on, myth number two. Myth number two is the idea, and this is the one that hurt me the most. Myth number two is the idea that dispassionately psychoanalyzing black women helps gender relations amongst black people. Dispassionately psychoanalyzing black women helps gender relations amongst black people. What I mean by that? Hmm? I said it does not. I wanted to be clear. It does not. So, what I mean by that is what you see from people like Kevin Samuels and, and his acolytes is a very disrespectful, right? Very demeaning approach to having these conversations. And and it's it's done under the guise of, well, I'm trying to help you, right? I'm giving I'm being honest with you because other people won't be honest with you, and I'm telling mm-hmm. you about yourself. Uh, you know, I can show you better than I can tell you. I can show you better than I can tell you. So Let's take a look at an example of that. Black woman, don't shake your head. Listen and learn. Don't make me a statistic, though. I'm not a statistic. You are a statistic. You're not special. I'm, I'm special. You're not special. You're one of seven billion. Get over it. The vagina you have comes standard on each model. And the sooner you ladies learn that ain't nothing special about you until we decide it's special, the better off you'll be. Because everything you're talking about, becoming a boss and this and that in the business, how is it gonna how is it gonna benefit the family? You just said I would rather I wanna homeschool my kids and then turn around. Here comes this feminist shit. Well, is all I'm supposed to be a mother? Yeah, so it's I want I was you can only get through so much of it, right? But <laughs> think about that. <laughs> like, did you, do you hear how the man is talking to the woman? You're like literally refer to like your vagina comes standard on every model. Yeah, you want a seven billion is what he said. Bro, it, it, how is this helping us? It, it, like, like, what I level mean, of honesty thing, does like, this reflect or represent? If this, but the, if this is really how men think, then what motivation do I have to go and be submissive or go and align myself with all this shit? Then I probably like because he's if he's really speaking for y'all, if they are really speaking for y'all, because he's just one example, right? The call in model is very unique to Sam uh, to, to Kevin Samuels where women sit and have themselves berated publicly and have their faces on camera and do this, that, and the other. But the same types of conversations happen just more directly and without anybody there to kind of push back or fight back against any of that, like she was trying to do, right? So that being said, like, if this is really how he thinks, if this is really what y'all think, I can go find any of y'all. Y'all just some old desperate-ass bitches that just want to get married, and why would I do that if you ain't trying to have my babies and stay home at... Who, what motivation do I have? Like, y'all don't even get on there and talk real. Like, baby, listen, this is all we trying to do is set it up like this. But we just need y'all to understand that if you, and and, and you, uh, it ain't never like that. It's always like it, the, 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 the grand narrative, the master narrative of it all is 
you are not deserving. You don't do shit to actually deserve this. We are the beacons of the world and the chosen one and the selected, and you should just be grateful that anybody's... Why would I? Why would I? You know what I'm saying? Like, what makes that appealing? Y'all swear that, you know, people in same gender, same-sex relationships are just missing out on the best thing smoking, but I don't find any of that appeasing. Nothing about that is attractive. Also, I... I, 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 I I, I definitely I find I, f- I find issue with the fact that again we're supposed to be coming to podcast for what we don't get in the mainstream, right? But if all you doing is like because again this passionately psychoanalyzing black people period is mainstream, right? And doing it in a messed up way, right? Like framing the minds of black people as problematic, framing the 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 thought patterns and how the decision making of black people as a whole is problematic, right? Like that type of psychoanalyzing takes place all day, every day. Mm-hmm. That's normal. Why do you think you're 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 moving outside of the norm by coming by just being just as disrespectful? I mean, but sometimes, you know, I really here's the sad part though, and the sad thing is we have to recognize that people don't always use shit for the same reasons. Like we use this platform in order to introduce new and different conversations. A whole bunch of other people do too. But a lot of people have fun being in an echo chamber. They have a lot of fun and it's like the same, it's like Twitter logic. And if any any Twitter Twitter users in in the in the chat will know what I mean when you'll see the same tweet by fifty different niggas and they not retweets. They are literally word for word, bar for bar, the same tweet coming from a different right. account, right? Or the fact, what's my favorite? What's our favorite example? Uh, Justin La Boy, uh, who uh, he all over Instagram and all over Twitter and everywhere else. That man just steals tweets and turns them into memes <laughs> and then shares the memes and they get shared all over the place. And so yeah. there is also profit and there is also for my attention whores, lights, camera, action, just a whole bunch of follows and likes and clicks and shit. For people who repeat and replicate some of the worst shit that exists in the world. And so it I think more than anything, it's just kind of sad that people's ambitions are not to at least be unique or nuanced or creative in the way that they're explaining shit. You're just saying the same old shit that we've been saying, hell no, nah, we good about. And now it goes back and forth and back and forth and watch once repeat. And <sighs> wake me up when September ends. Like, what the fuck? This shit is boring. Yeah. And that's why I feel like, I feel like the whole, well, no, nah, you got to hear everybody out shit. This is like, why that's bullshit, right? Because the thing, soon as soon as every like hearing everybody out and confirming, like even like what we know to be counterproductive. Listen, yes, mm-hmm. everybody has an opinion. I have counterproductive opinions. I'll be the first nigga to say it. There are things that I believe that I should not say because it's not helpful. It's not productive, mm. and it's just my simple <laughs> ass choosing to believe the bullshit that that's a part of either something how I was raised, how I was brought up. When I do workshops on inclusion, right? What I call it is 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 overdetermining normal. My normal may make somebody else uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I like that's something I gotta that's something I gotta be aware of. If if literally we're having conversations about personhood and identity, right? Then my how I understand my identity as a black man cannot be so entrenched, right? And just myself that how I reflect that starts to hinder and undermine the identities around me. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. It's that simple. I, my existence should not reflect an impedance on somebody else's. It's that simple. So yes, it's, it's not very hard. So 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 when so when Toya point out like yeah, you got you got people who want to be moms and stay at the crib and just take care of kids. It's, it's perfectly everything. That's something perfectly fine with that. But then the woman's like, I don't want no kids at all. Is shit okay with that too? But the part that yeah. we miss is that the reason why we're not okay with it is patriarchy. 
That's it. Basically. And all of these free thinkers have never stopped to one, these niggas don't read enough, and it's clear. Right? Like they <laughs> like they they may mention like 48 laws of power or like maybe like a 50 cent book or some yeah, shit like that. But, but they, these niggas ain't they, they these niggas ain't reading. You don't hear no sources from these niggas, right? Mm-hmm. You don't hear that. They just they sitting around saying the same shit that their granddaddy said. The same thing that they weak ass uncle said. The same things that people who taught them all of the worst terrible things at the most important and integral time in their maturation told them. And this is how history repeats itself, right? It's not surprising. And the thing that niggas hate is that the shit that we saying has been confirmed to be reasons and explanations for women having better quality of life and for women being able to create for themselves and their community and determine their own futures. Uh, but a lot of that stuff gets undermined because, yeah, niggas don't read. And the shit so, that they want to point to in reference is the same shit in our books that are explaining the justifications for everything from war to community degradation to the reason why niggas is not succeeding as a, as a you know, community. We, we got explanations for our shit. Where's yours? We, man, so I got another example, though. This one is even more childish, right? Let's get it. See the blatant lie that you women do every single day. A lot of men don't want to speak like this because when they speak like this, they get told about, oh, you're misogynistic, stop speaking on black women's hair. But a lot of men aren't even going to bother saying this, but what I am going to say to you is you're going to talk about, oh, it's a protective style. If it was a protective style, you would wear something that is actually your hair. You wouldn't be walking around with your European woman's hair on your head. I have sisters. I've grown up in an African household. This excuse that you women make about, I can't manage my hair. It's an excuse that you women wait. And then you talk about you eccentric hairstyles. You- yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. I be trying, like, I won't. It, it's just difficult. Finish, getting... finish, let, it, let it finish playing. No, hold on. Let it finish playing. Right. Right. You can see the blatant. All right. All right. <laughs> it's difficult, though. I'm telling you. I'm not buy yeah. into it. No one is asking you to do that. So, end of the day is, man would like you with your natural hair, but most men know that asking for that is going to give you headaches, so they're still going to take the beat anyway. But in reality, we can see the hair on your head. I want to know what my daughter's hair is going to come out if I have a baby with you. I do not know why you're wearing it on your head. But do you know why you'll know? Now you're chatting shit. Crap up that and then when a woman got something to say about it, she gets shouted down and shut out. But that's who you want to have the baby, though. <laughs> right. right. When she's trying to get in there and kind of try to say something about what you said and how to hair and because you want to have a meaningful conversation, you don't want to do that shit. The woman, is, and that's why I'm glad I had you keep playing that shit because you say and pedal and propagate like you want to be problem solving and that you really own to something, that you really dropping game and that you really are, ha- you, you figured it out about what black women do. They're the ones peddling the idea that like Eurocentric beauty images are the standard. And then as soon as a woman tries to describe and explain to you the reasons why she wears the type of wear that she hair that she does and why her politics and the way that she lives her life does not double down on Eurocentrism and that it's about the option to do with your hair what you want to and those Eurocentric practices of straightening our hair were forced upon us historically, which is why some people think about they do and it takes a lot of time to undo psychological what we can preach a sermon, but she never got to because they shouted her down and lied to her ass mm-hmm. instead of giving her a chance to listen to explain why because they think they know it all. Shit is sad. Yeah, uh, and so where where I think the the biggest problem is is well this is why most men won't say this, bro. Y'all got a whole ass backwards. Men today don't say shit like that because we know it's dumb. Dumb. Right, like, well, I have sisters. When I, when they say a protective style, I know what that means, right? Like, it, it, 
we ain't, we ain't got to go to the poly, you know what I'm saying to, to the science of of it all. But when you see a sister when she take out when she take down that protective style, mm-hmm. what her hair looks like up under there, right? It's a goal, my nigga. And so <laughs> when you say that what, most men won't point this out, it's because most men have already come to terms with the fact that yo, what women choose to do with their hair, what women choose to do with with their crown, it's up to them regardless. It's the it's the notion that we can choose that you're missing, Dodo. You big it, dummy. It is which, the fact that we get to choose is where the liberation and freedom is. That's where our criticism is unique. It is about when we didn't have the option in order to be seen as human, to be able to be recognized as credible, to be listened to, to be spoken to. It's still it's only a few states that have even implemented a crown doctrine that makes it illegal for people to judge you based on how your hair grows out of your head. Dumb dumb. Also, so, point out no, how hell, how the hell else do you think we survive it in these institutions? Stupid. I'm sorry. And, this is me. And so I, I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous to believe that like one niggas is sitting around talking about women's hair. Period. Right. My my partner Nick Brooks in Inglewood, his garage is the kicking spot. Shout that's out to Nick. That's where we watch the games. That's what we never we we're never in there talking about our our, our wives' hairstyles. Ever, it's yeah. never been a conversation. I I have no desire, like or, like really, the, or the willingness to even to put that much energy into what she is choosing to do with her hair. Into because I, I I even go as far as to say the criticism of oh you want to wear your hair like white women like literally is played out. That shit mm-hmm. is no longer true, right? Yeah. It's it's the same thing. Like when I, I compare that to when they say black people only vote Democrat because they because they've been tricked by white people. No, right? Yeah. What it is is people now have the ability to wear like women specifically can do things like change their hairstyle and 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 not have to consult they their their male mate without feel like they can be in danger, nigga. <laughs> Like I, I mean, because I think that's what we sleep on. It's not that it's, it's it's not just the simple fact that like they have a choice. It's because back in the day, going against somebody else's choice meant violence. Yes. It's <laughs> you like so again. Here is this dispassionate analysis that does nothing but demonize the person that you that you claim you're trying to help. Crazy. Right, and and then and then positions themselves as you know. As a vanguard, right? As a trailblazer. Nigga, complaining <laughs> about women's hair is a 90s criticism. Oh, it was when still. we was it was when we were new in our in in, in uh, starting to understand and embracing blackness and all that type of shit, right? But then when we start to understand that blackness looks many different ways, have many different hair textures, have many mm-hmm. different complexions, that's Back. when we started to be like, oh, so wearing your hair like that ain't got shit to do with white folk. Would you look at that? So, all right, that's a, that's that's a tangent. We're not done though. <laughs> <laughs> We're not done. We got a few more. Uh, so the myth that uh, again, the myth that is currently being busted, dispassionately psychoanalyzing black women does not help gender relations amongst black people. It's not yeah. useful. It's not productive, right? And and it, it perpetuates anti-black approaches to having these conversations in the in the first place, and and perpetuating anti-black images. Of each other. Let's go ahead and get into this second one. All right, all right, not second one. This is the third one. Number three. Number three. It's the third one. The third one that we get into 
has to do specifically with masculinity. The third myth that I said third, the third myth that needs to be busted. Adhering to white notions of masculinity are productive for black men. Mm-hmm. Adhering to white notions of masculinity are productive to black men. What do I mean by white notions of masculinity? Yeah, break that down. So pretty much how white men move, how white men treat their women, how white men treat their kids, how white men treat each other, right? How it, how it is reflected in a form of dominance and control, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a form of the, like, an attempt at physical strength, inflicting pain, right? Those are those are the notions of, of masculinity that, that are dictated by white men. Oh yeah, not and not to mention comparison and competition, right? Those are the a lot of what I do, a lot of what I work for, a lot of what I have is so that I can go and show it off to other men, right? I swear that I am not interested in what other men think of me. I swear that I am not, you know, absorbed with how men see me when I move and how cuz I'm just that type of nigga and I don't care and I you care. And that is a form of toxic so and, and toxically so in ways that it brings out the worst parts of masculinity, because now you want your women, you want your children, you want your family to exist a certain way, because you want to make sure you look good to the homies. That's just me. We can play this clip. Let's see what that looks like. The best thing you can do with these modern women is just to remain single. They just want you all eyes on them. They just want you to worship the ground they walk on. But here's the thing. No real man gonna do that. This is why so many of them are single. And if they do get in a relationship, they get in a relationship with these weak men. Because ain't no man of value is going to do that. No man of value is going to sit up there and pedestalize a woman. No man of value is going to sit up there and worship a woman. A man's supposed to put his purpose first. He's supposed to put his goals first, his dreams and ambitions. A woman's supposed to come and add value to that. Thoughts. <laughs> I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I'm going to ask the question again. What exactly is the selling point? Because don't no woman want to do that to no man either. Don't nobody want to worship the ground no man walk on. Don't nobody want to pedalosticize whatever word he tried to use. Men, don't nobody want to act, break their back and act like they want to lean over and, and just kill over right now based off of what a man say, man say or don't say or do or don't do. Don't no woman want to do that either. So what exactly are you saying? Where is the selling point? What is, where's the ad? What is the attractiveness? What is the appeal? Make it clear to me because that did not make me want to change my mind or my behavior. It was not in, in tantalizing at all. So, I, and I want to point out that uh, one thing that I missed when I was talking about white masculinity is that it, it views itself in opposition to femininity, right? Like how, and, and, this, and the reason why we frame it as, as white masculinity, as viewing mm-hmm. it as in opposition is because Anybody that tells you about uh, uh, African uh, cultures, right? You see patriarchy, but you also see matriarchy, right? You see men dominated tribes, but you also see women dominated tribes and women yep. dominated. And I, let me not say dominated, just because even even that language, but like yep. women uh, in charge, men in you got communities where men are in charge, you got communities led. where women. In I mean, charge. led is just led, led, led right? Led. Women led, men led, yeah. Been in the right? front, who's been the decision right. maker. Right, you know what I'm saying? And so, if we, if we, from an from an African perspective, right, like viewing women in leadership, uh, uh, worship, you know, looking at a woman, worshiping a woman, you feel me? Like from that, like that's that, it. That feels right. To, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we come from we come from black women. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like as as like as as men, like that's like that's our genesis. You feel me? And so it's like I mean, it, to I have a mention- relationship. Go ahead. 
Well, the flavor of men that are making these arguments, the flavor of them are coming from the Christian perspective, or at least saying that in order to have like the right type of dignified relationship before God, or that God wanted men to have with women, they need to have a certain relationship. But the Bible literally say men should love their wives as God love the church. So where you at? What you mean? You know, the niggas I, don't read the Bible. I'm sorry. I just, and yeah. I didn't mean to, I clearly cut you off, but that is where I, my mind went when, you know, <laughs> yeah. we were talking about like what these niggas' politics is supposed to be representing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because like, like, listen, man, I was raised by some, some street niggas, man. Like, I'm talking about dope dealers. Like, I'm only where I am because so many people that, that lived that life was like, we love you and we was like, we know that you go, you know what I'm saying? You got, you have potential, right? But these were some real hard-nosed street niggas. But the one thing I, the one thing that my stepfather taught me, you better not disrespect your mama. You better not disrespect your sisters, right? Like this is like these. This is your like this is you. This is a reflection of you, right? And so mm-hmm. you can't. And 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 again, like you can't tell me to like I, I'm not supposed to worship my woman when the man that like the men that raised me, even my father who fucked up his relationship with my mama. Always told me he like your mama was the one, mm-hmm. like she was a bad mf'er. You feel me? So it's like I've only I've always only known to respect and love like black women. That's it. Yeah. So this whole this this new mentality is is, is like literally stem from us not embracing like you know how we understand like uh, black women culturally, but attempting to adhere ourselves and opt in to a masculinity that that doesn't fit us. It's not productive for us. It doesn't help us. Black women are not antithetical to black men in no way, shape, or form, right? Black femininity and black masculinity go hand in hand regardless of gender, sexuality, or whatever, right? Like, it's it's two sides of the same coin, a more more mature understanding of femininity and masculinity. Understanding the world through masculinities and femininities allow for you to understand men and women better so that you don't look at them as a monolith, so you truly understand all mm-hmm. of the capacity there's no ownership of either of those dynamics instead they become a better lens to see the broadness and the vastness of how you might receive that masculinity it ha- might have tinges tinges and curvatures and 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 cleavages of things that you could have never imagined because you are thinking too narrowly about what you're calling masculinity right 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 that's and, a word. and and the reason why they're thinking too narrowly about what they call masculinity is because they got it from white men, <laughs> right? It's what it's what Bell Hooks refers to as plantation patriarchy, right? In her, in in uh, in I think it was it's re real cool, and we real cool. Uh, Bell Hooks talks about uh, plantation patriarchy, where she's saying how us as black men saw how the white slave master dictated and dominated the plantation. So when we got our freedom, right, we attempted to emulate what those slave master did on the plantation. Mm-hmm. The issue with that is as we have begun to like to defend and embrace masculinity, we haven't detached ourselves from the notions that we adopted when we got off the plantation. Hmm. We haven't reimagined it. Black men, our imagination has been in the shitter. <laughs> we have, we, we, we went backwards to get our notions of masculinity as opposed as opposed to reimagining what masculinity looks like for a black man in, in, in a new millennium yeah right two decades into a new millennium yeah you know i mean uh let me get into this chat real quick 
Uh, Van said, even the divine masculine himself says it's blasphemous, unforgivable, sin to disrespect the divine feminine. Uh, Ethereal Beauty says, and we can't even get into how they only humanize their family members but treat strangers horribly, right? That's why I don't. That's why I don't go too far into the mothers and sisters shit. But like, they, but to be honest, these niggas disrespect their mamas. Yeah. Pers- uh, personal story on YouTube, real quick. What's up? Look, <laughs> McCall, McCall, you back, mom? I'm on the show. Uh, uh, I was on a, I was on a, a YouTube panel. With one dude, and, and he was purposely shitting on his mother. Like, since she, he said it was it was her failure that he had to grow up in the projects. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw, I came across that too. He said it was her failure that he had to grow up in the projects. So they don't even have that same respect for for the black woman, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that they attach to. Let alone, like, <clears throat> women, uh, women, uh, other women out there. You know what I mean? And so the the fact that we are attempting to reclaim a masculinity that has only been counterproductive, that only been harmful, and, and, and acting like it's the solution for today, right? That that's ass backwards. This is Absolutely. another phrase that, this is another phrase that I want y'all to hold on to. This phrase is called podcast nigga foolishness. Podcast nigga foolishness. Podcast nigga foolishness is, is how we refer to all of that logic, right? So the, the, the idea that this, this, these uh, notions of masculinity that have never served us can at some point become productive for us is wow. Let me, uh, we got another, I, I got another clip for that though. I, I want to, it gets worse <laughs> because this is how I'm going to show you how the, how it's not only bad for black men, but it's also problematic for black women. Let me get this pulled up real quick. Y'all bear with me. Um, Make sure it's to you. Let's get it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, T. This one ain't playing real quick. We got a little issue. You want to keep it related? There we go. Let me restart it. Let's get it. To keep a relationship going, you stay in the masculine role, you, you let your woman stay in the feminine role, she gets to vent and download to you. You go talk to the goddamn tree. You only cry in front of your woman when a, an immediate family member dies or when you break both arms. And then you can only cry for about three seconds. Man, the fuck up. You got the nerve to be mad at women because we bitches. Become the man of your dreams before you find the woman of yours. You feel me? That's gonna take some time. That's why I say you got 15 years. So that's how that's how he was talking to. Uh, that's how he talks to men. That is like so. You go talk to a wall, man. Your your woman. You cannot. Don't look to your woman as somebody that that can that you can. What do you say? Download. I, I don't even know what that means. But what I would say, confide in. <laughs> right. Like. You, you you can't look to your woman as somebody you should talk to your emotions about. And Three this seconds. is supposed to be helpful. Three seconds. <laughs> Figure it out in fifteen years, or you suck. Like or whatever he was saying. Like, <clears throat> but this is the type of shit we talk about when we say y'all are so upset about the fact that y'all can't like come to women and confide in women and you feel like you can't talk about your emotions and you're not emotional and don't express yourself because we don't allow it. Now, baby, I did that to ourselves first. 
and then taught us how to do it. Taught us that we should be telling our man, children, and sons that they need to tighten up. And like these are things that we've heard echo to them from other men, and so we and men, so we repeat it. And so y'all be the biggest ones. Y'all can't go to each other, and they mad that y'all can come to us. Women aren't like we can't go to men. We don't feel like we can confide in men with our issues and shit like that. No, y'all just get this shit because you're gonna get these tears and you're gonna get this frustration. You're gonna get this whatever because we're not shying away from who we are and how we emote and respond to our feelings. It's not something we are ashamed of. But you know what women do first? They go find other women because they don't expect men to fucking get it. But they understand and have built community and have important and centered community enough, care enough, nurturing enough, mothering enough, surrogacy enough that when things get rough, they turn inward to other women. Y'all need to go have a community meeting or nine about what the fuck is missing about y'all shit to where y'all can't come talk to each other and go talk to a tree? That man said go talk to a tree. I am so sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, I want to say I'm sorry to all of y'all who literally like either found solace and agreed with that or have been told that over the span of your life and been left to just deal with shit after, you know what I'm saying? Life has been traumatic to you, right? A lot of people have CPTSD. We've heard of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And post-traumatic stress disorder, which is just as serious, it's not one either. One, I'm not saying one is more important or better than the other, but they're distinct. PTSD is from a specific event. It was incited by something very specific Mm-hmm. That then incites and creates a response, a, tr- a, tr- a triggering response to things as a result of that event. But CPTSD mm-hmm. is a reflection of a complex system and a perpetual tendency to have experienced traumas. And what we see is very small traumas that work together to create bigger traumas. So you were told to shut the fuck up and stop crying and sit down somewhere and your feelings didn't matter. And you were neglected and abused. And you were forgotten about it. People didn't come to your basketball and football game to support you and go up for you. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, listen, there is literally something called the ACE study. ACE, ACE study that you can get on right now. It's a series of like 14, 15 questions that you can go and, and use to explore whether you have CPTSD. And you'd be surprised how many of us are walking around hurt right literally beat up because of shit that happened to us as kids mm-hmm. he said you got 15 years to figure it. he's i don't know what the 15 years is supposed to mean at the end but he was like you got 15 years nigga so i'm assuming it's to work out your feelings and master the strategy he's presented you before you're no longer a viable man and you're not man enough to deserve to be in a loving relationship with people who care about you and that is scary because cptsd what i've been explaining has tendencies to pop up in your very young childhood and start to take form and shape and manipulate your life from there on out from there on so out. why are you an adult who don't know how to deal with your feelings and why are you around women who have witnessed the toxic men not be able to because of shit that happened to you as a kid bro and you don't even know it but you'll know. never figure it out because you got three seconds and 15 years and then you cook according to Kevin Samuels and then you got epigenetics where uh black people Cause like I, we call it post traumatic slave disorder, I don't mm-hmm. like calling it that. I just like calling it PTSD, like actual, like the clinical PTSD, because black kids are more susceptible to PTSD as children because yeah. of the experiences that are that are literally the people who gave us our genes, what they experienced, right? Trauma literally becomes genetic; it gets passed down, and they didn't even find this out. Even looking at the genetic genetics of black people, they found right. this out looking at the genetics of people who survived the Holocaust and their descendants. Then they was like, "Huh, let's see, let's let's take a look at uh, the, the the genetics of other people who had traumatic experiences throughout history." And yes, all of the things that like the things associated with PTSD and other issues 
uh, uh, mental issues like bi bipolar disorder, uh, 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 stuff like ADHD, those types mm-hmm. of things, right? Because it's not mm-hmm. just it's not just a question of like being able to sit down and pay attention, right? But it it it, it literally we're susceptible to a bunch of uh, mental. Things I don't want to say issue, but like you know, neurodivergence. Neurodivergence is the term I'm looking for, right? We 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 are susceptible to neurodivergent like neurodivergent issues, uh, simply because of what our ancestors have been through, right? And so again, when we're mimicking and and attempting to imitate the the people who, and not even the people, but the politic, right? The ideology, mm-hmm. the, the the behavior, mm-hmm. the mannerisms of the people who caused us to have. This issue in our genetics, right? It just means that we're at, we're literally demanding that ourselves, we now pass down not only the same scarred genetics, but at the same, but the same mentality that led to people feeling that way in the first place. As much as we talk about uh, 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 creating generational wealth, we don't talk enough about healing from generational trauma Mm -hmm. at all. The, it's always about the, it's always about getting the bag, generational wealth. What about healing? <laughs> what about not what about like uh, our kids not having the same fear that we did you know what i mean from from inside the home and the community and everything else mm-hmm. right but yet no it's nigga, go stand in the corner you know don't cry be a man right and that's it like we we're literally we're breeding um being like lacking compassion into okay, the what, next what? generation I mean, no, I think I like how Ethereum Beauty said it, emotional constipation. You know what I'm saying? Like, that really is what it is. You just all types of backed up. And what happens when you constipated, but then you stop being constipated? That moment is eruptive. It is yeah. really fucked up. It, it and, is a violent know, release. Hello, somebody. <laughs> and so without taking that one too much further, I mean, you see how it works and how it plays out, right? It's very abrupt. It's very deep it's a very significant or harmful experience once it finally gets to its apex and you can't hold it in any longer um girl nettle said money first then healing but then she said but money get uh but many get money and never go back to healing that's why that we part. gotta heal first come that's, on that's why we, that's why we gotta heal first because i mean now I, i'm not against i'm not gonna say we don't need reparations and no shit like that yeah get the bag <laughs> i'm tyler we sorry you you eating we sorry we sorry yeah oh, sorry <laughs> it was graphic <laughs> but but uh but yeah this is but we also even i mean you know still placing a placing a a priority on generational healing as much as we place a priority on generational wealth is extremely important so busting the myth that adhering to white notions of masculinity are productive for black men they are not as these examples show right and they need to be dismissed fourth uh, misandry, the, the fourth myth that we that we getting smooth up out of here. Misandry and feminism are are problems in the black community that needs to be addressed. M- misandry and feminism are problems in the black community that need to be addressed. Now, let me say this: uh, misandry, for those who don't know, is the mm. idea of hating men. It's 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 supposed to be the I guess the opposite of misogyny. So mm. misogyny, the idea, the, the the ideological orientation toward hating men. The ideological orientation towards hating men, right? Mm-hmm. That's what misandry is. You hear a lot of these misandry conversations in, uh, like, on YouTube, and a lot of these what's called red pill spaces, right? Uh, even even the, the the dude that has said that that talked bad about his mama was complained about misandry. But 
we also have this issue of feminism. One of one of the very specific criticisms that have come out of podcast niggas is this issue that they have with feminist thought. Uh, and really, they just say feminism, right? Which, as we as black people know, traditionally referring to, or I, I won't say we as black people. I guess us that have uh, that are up on game on feminism mm-hmm. that have read feminist literature would be able to say that when you just say feminism generally, you're referring to white feminism. That's that's an important distinction that's gonna have to be understood. Uh, that we're gonna dive into more in a second here. But these these men have issues with white feminism and the ways in which they argue that black women uh, adhere to white feminist thought. The mm-hmm. a, a unique and, and I'm sure all y'all have heard this conversation before, right? I'm not I'm not bringing up nothing new because to like either Chop Nation or Toya, y'all know that mm-hmm. niggas complain about feminism, not knowing shit about it, right? Uh, but I think what is a more unique. <laughs> conversation that I've heard recently and I actually made a video about y'all uh, make sure y'all subscribe to the chop up show on Instagram y'all subscribe to me at the political plug on TikTok and on Instagram but I made a video responding to this particular uh, uh criticism now I'm not going to play my I'm not going to play my response if y'all want to see that y'all can go check it out uh on the chop up Instagram page but I want y'all to hear it here I want y'all to hear it here because it, this this particular criticism is it geared towards R and B music. <laughs> so let me let me get this set up here. Get this play. Let's get this set up. All right. You want to keep it? Get the right one going. Uh, just be playing games sometimes. R and there we go. I mean, but no. More importantly, too, while plug gets to set up, y'all should, if you're not following, I think probably most of y'all are, but if you're not following our IG, go catch it over there because we are about to get into our summer season and then the fall is coming. And, you know, we always trying to add something different, trying to do some more creative things, and that includes our presence on social media. So make sure you're over there following uh, at the Chop Up Show so that you can stay connected with everything we got going on. Plus, Plug's response to this was spot on. You know what I'm saying? That post blew up specifically. So go check that shit out. Um, also, we are almost at 10,000 followers on Instagram. So if y'all have not subscribed, on, if y'all don't follow us on Instagram, follow <laughs> us ASAP to this 10K. But uh, so check out this foolishness. B music has been killed by the feminine movement. The stars are all women. Yeah. There's no men, male R&B stars, but here's why. There's nothing a male R&B singer can say that has been said in the past that's not considered toxic masculinity. I know you want to leave me, but I, but I refuse to let you go. Today, that's considered toxic masculinity. Listen to Keith Sweat, wrong in the right way. You may be young, but you're ready. Today, that would be like, yeah, excuse me? Yeah, that would Is this crazy. some pedophilia? If you think you're lonely now, wait until tonight, girl. That's gaslighting in today's world. Anytime a man does anything manly, it is considered toxic masculinity as is killing the male R&B voice because he doesn't have anything to sing about anymore. I think... Bro. <laughs> like this Arn. is why it's Arn. it's dangerous to walk around and we have we have we introduced pseudo intellectualism into the conversation we have not we have not actually but can i take this time to kind of shed some light on it you because what it. you have is a whole bunch of smart dumb niggas he learned about feminism a little bit 
or tried to or learned about the poor toxic silly version of it then he learned about what gaslighting is then he learned about sexual abuse abuse and assault but not to actually find corrective ways to deal with those things inside of the community that creates the shit to start to try to justify it to say that these are the things that are missing that with a recipe to having good gender relationships and this is i hate stupid dumb niggas this is pseudo intellectualism you are not smart because you're able to identify the tools and the tactics of manipulation and abuse. It makes you a manipulator and an abuser. Why? Because people who manipulate and abuse know what they're doing. Ten right. times out of ten. Ten times out of right? ten. Right. I think it takes a point. And 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 the reason why I had to like I had to respond to this video was just because it's like, bro, now we at a point where we just throwing all type of bullshit at the wall, right? Because what what first off, I, I did I, I addressed the R and B portion. In my video, I ain't gonna do too much singing on here, but I, yeah. I, I address the R&B portion of my video. But I think what's what's more dangerous about this is that it attempts to demonize the response to <laughs> uh, 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 like gender like type based violence. Right, gaslighting became a thing because of the ways that patriarchy tried to control the minds of women and, and how they should think and what they should find acceptable and what they shouldn't find acceptable. Right. right? So when he's like, if you think you're lonely now, that's not gaslighting, right? That like it, It's pretty much just like, hey, listen, this is an interpersonal relationship that we have, right? And I'm not being, I don't feel complete. So if I don't come home, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That ain't got nothing to do with gaslighting. But what's happening is niggas is using these things as 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 ways to defend. I'm, I ain't even gonna say toxic. I'm gonna just say the bullshit. Like fuck calling it toxic, right? But the bullshit that that has shaped how we understand relationships, how we understand gender dynamics, and everything else. Like fuck calling it toxic. We ain't gotta call it toxic. It's still bullshit though. Right. Right. The the idea and then using the. Uh, you may be young, but you're ready saying that. Uh, oh no, that wouldn't go. That wouldn't fly nowadays. It's it didn't fly then, right? It wasn't okay then. Then it's just the people who know that is who 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 are more willing to point out how it's not okay, right? Are more willing to be louder about it than they have in the past. It's more of an audience for people that's willing to say people who have suffered silently don't have to do it no more. Come on, right? Because hey, hey, I was one of them, listen, first-hand personal experience. I didn't understand. Like, it didn't make sense to me. I liked, I liked the girls my age, right? But the girls that my age liked older niggas. And then that stayed true even when I was junior, senior in high school. Right. I'm looking at these older dudes like, you know, it's, it's, it's other niggas like my age just looking at them like, oh, they getting it. They da-da-da-da-da. And I'm looking at them like, <laughs> they they fucking with the girls we fucking with. Right. <laughs> like, we they competition. It looks like they getting it because they competing with niggas. It's like, I got, I'm about to go to my mama's house. He got a car. That's like, that's, that's extremely problematic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's extreme. And so, to point that out as, oh, we you don't hear R&B songs because niggas is, ain't, set, like, you know, because people, because R. Kelly's in jail, nigga. Right. Hello. Like, because he, I, he, the Pied Piper, of R and B, come on! Like if, if, if like when when niggas he had was saying R Kelly was sexually assaulting, singing similar songs called "Age Ain't Nothing But a Number," recipes to Aaliyah, right? So What's you not piece? only see the one side of it, which is the song and the person and the singer creating these ideas and perspective, but you peek behind the curtain and find out that he literally was—he meant that shit. 
He, he meant go find you somebody underage. And that age, like that, that, that it doesn't matter. You could be young, but you're ready. And I'm willing to break a law, willing to abuse, abuse, willing to violate. He's showing you what he meant. The person that he was singing to was singing similar shit that he had wrote. Come on now. We, Let's not be simple about it. And, and like, even on the R. Kelly example, I think what's extremely problematic is like, but I, I saw, I saw the R. Kelly tape when I was in high school. Yeah. I saw a R. Kelly because a lot of them got released. Today, we all would have went to jail for being in possession of R. Kelly of R. Kelly Hello. sex tape. Hello. Every, like all me and the, me and the partners that we all would have got locked up for having that. Right? That's not a question of feminism. That's literally a question of like li- uh, like social standards catching up with moral standards. <laughs> and then they ain't even fully caught up yet. Let, let me not even yeah, give exactly. me, let me not even give you full credit, right? They ain't even fully caught up yet. But it it's it's at least it's it's progress. Right, and y'all not about to have us looking at progress as a bad thing at all. At all, right? And then here's the, I mean, like you know, we have these types of conversations, and this is just about music. But I've seen um, on more than one occasion podcast niggas up here talking about you know, because I mean, I feel like there was a viral viral clip that everybody saw and was talking about for a minute. That was the dude who was saying he wants younger women because they're more basically impressionable, they're more malleable. He can train them more. They're more better trainable, right? This idea or these connections to purity. Right. The fact that he wants people who ain't never been through nothing, who ain't never experienced nothing, who are easily trainable, all speaks to the idea that you want somebody who is young. You don't want to. He literally is like, I don't want to date people my age That's because gross. they got baggage. They got all this shit. They got to work through. They got you want people who ain't never seen nothing. Did they? You know, who don't ain't never seen nothing. Did nothing. Felt nothing. Hurt. Went through nothing before. Don't know shit. Ain't willing to be fooled. A child. A child. A child. You want you want a children. You are interested in. The young folk, and he, I what I'm saying, that ain't what I'm saying. And of course, it's big backs and forth, forth about that and other men who agree with them and what they're saying. But no, ultimately, you want somebody untouched, un, un, undefiled, un, un, unchanged, who hasn't Gross. formulated a scrutiny or the ability to criticize the way a man, man does something and say, no, this is what real men do, or this is what real masculinity looks like, or this is what real leadership looks like. You don't want any of that shit because you don't want to have to undo it. And that is manipulatory as hell. I, and it's it's what you like. This is the gross part about it. Before before I move to the next part, you really just want to defy your purity. That's disgusting. It's gross. You want to conquer. You want to dominate. You 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 know who want to do that? Uh, Refer back to the man. other men, white right. men. Now that's what you want to do. You want conquer and control and shit. That's not us. That's the white boys you're trying to be like. Exactly. Now I want to be clear here. The reason why it was important to note that when people talk about feminism, generally they're referring to white feminism, is because there is a such thing as, guess this, black feminism. Look yes, at that. There, Look at there that. is a thing known as black feminism. For Look whatever reason, that gets ignored, right? And, or, or it gets lumped into just black women trying to be like white feminists, even though black feminism is uniquely, uniquely different, right? Uh, and as an example... As I've been, as we've been saying, right? Not all pod, not all podcast niggas is the same, right? Mm-hmm. Nah, we not, we not all the same. You feel me? So I want to make sure for us to help us understand black feminism. You know what I'm saying? We got a nigga that's gonna break it down. It's gonna give us a help us develop an understanding of it. If black women, let's talk about it. Uh, let's get it. 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 Black women are free. Everyone will be free. This is what the Kambahi River Collective argued in 1977. They were a group of queer black women who found it hard to separate their race from their class, from their gender, from their sexuality, because all of it operated simultaneously. They were oppressed on every front. 
I mean, they were left out of the male-dominated civil rights movement and the white-dominated feminist movement. They were also left out of these movements because they were both heteronormative, meaning everybody was straight or pretended to be and sidelined any issues that queer people brought up. So in 1973, a group of black lesbians formed this collective named after the Kambahi River Raid where Harriet Tubman freed 700 slaves. And today it's kind of common to talk about intersectionality, but these black women in Boston spent years thinking about how all these different identities, race, class, gender, sexuality, played a role in their lives and in their politics. So if the systems that oppress these part of their lives are eliminated, then they can't oppress anybody else. That's why if black women are free, everyone will be free. I can read the full statement here. Hold on, let me make sure we sit on that. I want y'all to see that uh, if, so y'all can just do your if own black research. Just to do your own research. Boom, right there. The Comahee River Collective. I gotta just read it. I gotta just read it. And what you would understand about feminism would be completely, completely dismissed. Right? Because the, the point that, that, uh, that he was making and, and that's being made in the Comahee River Collective is that the people that are uniquely outside of all power dynamics mm -hmm. queer black <clears throat> they like there's no there's no world and as much as they try to tell you oh this liberal world queers and, and black women okay look at the halls of power who is still making policies we still live in a society where where politicians can create uh, uh, uh laws and legislation that are uniquely geared towards trans people you know who get the worst of that trans black women you have politicians yep. who can make laws that are uniquely geared towards uh, women, right? You know who get the you know who get the uh, the worst of that? Black women. There are yep. politicians who still make laws that are uniquely detrimental to black people. You know who get the worst of that? Black women. So mm -hmm. if we address the issues of of queer black women, we're literally addressing everybody's issues, except. The dominant power structures that want to maintain the power that they have. Yeah. That's it. I mean, and here, you know, I, I want to, I can't overstate this enough. You can pick a theory of power, whether it be white supremacy, whether it be the patriarchy, whether it be capitalism, none of them can be corrected without the, uh, the, the resignation of something. You have to give up mm -hmm. shit. Right. Like, to be clear, like, you know, and this is why we criticize performative politics. This is why we criticize people who, um, you know, just kind of talk without the living and materializing change. This is why we criticize white people for not giving uh, uh, up space, place, money, materials and resources when they say they're really about some black shit is because there is no corrective mechanism without the uh, uh, the resigning, without the resignation of shit like material things. And so nothing changes until you have to give up something. This is why men are so comfortable just assigning and resigning the voices of black women as being misandry. Oh, you just hate us. No, you just don't want to give up something. It's just shit you don't want to give up. It's shit you don't want to stop doing. It's things you're not willing to relinquish. And so you'd rather just say that somebody hates you instead of really dealing with the criticism. How childish and and, and an elementary is that? Right? We've been learning not to do that <laughs> since we was kids. Oh, you need to do this. You hate me. No, you. that is a seven-year-old's understanding and interpretation of what's being requested of you. Right? But the reason why you hate Black feminism and feminism and don't care to learn about the distinctions between Black feminism and regular feminism, don't give a shit about a Kimbahi River Collective is because you don't want to give up nothing. 
Mm-hmm. Because the bottom line of those things, and if you sit and learn them and sit and let them work on you and deal with you, you're going to recognize that there has to be a level of letting go. That, and then on a material level, just not in word, baby, but in deed. And that, sh- that, sh- that, that is a shock to people who occupy positions of power and control. It's the reason why white people ain't gave back shit that they said they was going to give to indigenous <laughs> folks. You signed treaties and said you can have the land back. You told niggas they can get reparations, but you don't want to get that shit back because money and capital is what? It is power. And you don't want to give up power. You don't want to relinquish power. The same thing can be said about rich people and poor people in capitalism. The same thing can be said about queer people and heterosexual people in terms of civil society. We can go round and round. It necessitates you give up something. And when you have to give up something, it is you don't want to do that. So you resign to saying somebody hates you. You resign to saying throw the entire system out. Y'all ain't talking about shit. You just like them white girls. Shame on you. Shame on you. Lazy. Read a book. Read Lazy. a book. Call me River Collective again. They are, are, are uh, the 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 whole thing is just about being inclusive of everyone. The only people who feel excluded from an inclusive environment are those who wish to exclude. <laughs> that's the only thing that's excluded from an inclusive environment, <laughs> right? So again, the myth that mis- or uh, that's misandry. Yeah, the myth that misandry and feminism are an issue in a black community that needs to be addressed is bullshit. Uh, we gonna get through these last these last couple uh, myths real quick. Um and and get on out of here. We can, we not even been here for like an hour seventeen. Uh, oh yeah, and I gotta push. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So we gonna we gonna finish up these last couple ones, and then y'all go on about y'all way. The next myth. This is easy. These next ones is a little bit easier because <laughs> they they easier to call out. They foolishness. Uh, myth number five is that social media is real life. <laughs> social media is real life. Let me let me set it up. Let me explain what I what explain what I mean by that. Explain what I mean by that. Let me get that set up for y'all real quick, like, just so y'all understand what it is that a nigga saying when I say the social media is real life, because it's common. Instagram. All right. Let's go and get it now. The internet has changed the fucking game. These girls are no longer innocent. I need you guys to burn one thing in your brain. It'll help you sleep better at night. Assume every girl that you deal with is a whore unless she proves to you otherwise. Again, one more time, right? Assume every girl that you go out with, that you hang out with, that you go on dates with is a whore unless she proves to you otherwise, okay? That's how you got to navigate dating in 2023 and beyond. They are for the streets unless they prove to you that they are not for the streets. Because modern day women are heavily incentivized to date multiple men, use men for resources, get whatever they need from you, aka extract the value while simultaneously not providing you any in return, and or wasting your fucking time, attention whore, be on the internet, show their body, do sex work, etc. You have all these variables working in tandem to go ahead and allow the modern day woman to be a whore and not feel like a whore for doing it. The 1950s are fucking done. These trad cons are fucking retarded. All right? These girls are out here fucking and sucking, I promise you. It just isn't you. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So, first. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, first off, um, again, he prefaced it with Instagram and social media has changed the game. And the reason why he prefaces that way and believes it the way that he does is primarily because their platform was built off of bringing on a bunch of Instagram models, bringing on 
like OnlyFans models, and then debating mm-hmm. them. So the audience that they're talking to is people who is men who believe that the only women that are out here are Instagram models and OnlyFans models, or have those aspirations, or have those aspirations. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It is very simple, right? Like social media is fake. Instagram is fake. OnlyFans is fake. It's curated, yeah. brother. It's curated. So the idea that we as men need to orient ourselves to the women around us mm. based off of how Instagram models and OnlyFans models talk about or based on what they talk about on your show, pure foolishness. It's pure podcast nigga foolishness, Toya. <laughs> Did I, I don't have anything to add. Like, I, I just, I think, you know, what becomes interesting to me is niggas become very um dismissive of living your life on social media of the instagram model of the you know what i'm saying social media girl of whatever of the the what's the only fans models whatever mm-hmm. um because they feel like we bought into some mythical world or some lie and that we're just kind of dumb for being a part of this world but you care just as much as you assume they do right you care what the internet thinks you want to be seen as somebody viable you want people and this is like where um what is it uh Oh, what is it? Homo eroticism plays in because my dude, you are the the male pie male podcasters are the the dude version of uh Instagram models. Instagram models. And yeah. and yeah. only fans yeah. girls. You want people, yeah. you want dudes to see you and be like, ooh, ah, oh my God. You want women to see you and be like, oh, you're so fine. Oh, look at you saying that shit. Oh my God. Oh, you want that gaze. You want to participate in being seen as good and fire and dope. And and as somebody who's saying all the right things and is the voice of the people of your kind. And those are all the things you want without recognizing that you falling into it just like anybody else. And I mean, it's very important just to remember and recognize, bro, that a lot of the shit that you are propagating up on social media, nobody in real life lives by. Nobody in real life, people in real life understand that all women are, like, what are you even saying? I was watching a conversation, and I see you got this clip up, but I was watching a video earlier where it was this man who was just like, I mean, this is kind of relationship, even more family-esque. And I was just like, you sound so stupid because like, what, what are, you just, it's just social media just makes you want to say shit and sound like you're saying something. Yeah. He was like, if I got kids and I wear a married woman and the kids got to call me daddy, them kids got, they got to call me daddy because I need the symbol of respect. If I'm providing for you and giving for you and this, that, and together, then you need to be able to call me daddy. And if not, then then it got to be right for me to say, well, it ain't my son, it ain't my kid. It, like, how old are you that you need validation for who you are and the role you play from an 11-year-old? Right. You might not be that person daddy. They very likely <laughs> right. have another father in their life. You're why not you my dad. Me? Like, the nigga's name was Chuck. <laughs> and it was like, why you can't just be Mr. Chuck? Why you can't just be Chuck? You not they that like you are a person who, but there's a thousand different ways that you are able to be shown admiration, you know, uh, appreciation, this, that, and the other. A lady, lady in the comments was like, well, I, my kids call their daddy dad and call their stepfather uh, pops or whatever. But I just, you look in the comments and you see so many people just giving an example that you hollering into a mic about how you need to be somebody's daddy is your need and desire. You're clamoring to a power over silly, stupid over shit. Over children. We would try to make sure the kids are fed, make sure they do good things, make sure they tell the truth and they're honest, make sure they're people of character, make sure that they're But they only if they call things. you daddy, right? But only if they call you daddy. If not, <laughs> then you get to be like, well, shit, that ain't my son. And when I have, he was like, when I have my kids, I get to treat them different. 
all over that. Like, it's just, you sound silly and you sound stupid. And off of social media, real, effective, functional families are not getting lost in the weeds on silly shit like that. Andre like, Rose. Andre Rose in the chat said, y'all was just bigging up feminism. Feminism pushed for women to be sexually liberal- liberated. Men don't want sexually liberated women, so we should assume the woman is sexually liberated until we know she's not. Bro, this is... Let me... I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cook you real quick and we're gonna get into this next myth. This is how I know, like, y'all niggas really don't be paying attention. Y'all cognitive dissonance is on the hundred. Mm. Niggas just flat out said that when you say feminism generally, you're not talking about black feminism, Right? Black feminism focus is on inclusion. This sexual liberation conversation is a caricature of what you understand about feminism, brother. Yeah. <laughs> not what not what actual feminist thought is situated around. At all. Right? So your so your whole comment again was was is podcast nigga foolishness to explain podcast nigga foolishness, right? So whatever, like. We we just gonna move on from that because you know yeah. we got we got other shit to do. So uh, the the next so yeah we we the myth that social media is real life and we should treat black women based off of what we see on social media that's bullshit. Though the way it's gone is done, for. Next, uh, the the sixth myth is that it's black women's fault that black men date outside their race. Let's yes we're doing it. The myth that we are breaking right now Ooh. that we about to bust right now is that it's black women's fault. That black men date outside of their race. Let's take a look at an example of this foolishness and then respond. Ladies, listen. No, for me. I'm your advocate. I'm talking to you from the consciousness of your man. So, yeah, let's do it like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get you where you need to be. And just look at me like I'm your man. I'm going to tell you the truths that he can't tell you. Right? Let's do that. Um, and the truth is, we know that you women know, we know that, you know, we know that, you know, why there's so many women in the gym working hard to keep that body in shape. And, um, it's not because they don't want to just lay at home like you. It's not because they don't like their favorite sugary snacks like you. It's because they know what's most important to men. And they know it enhances their selection of men that you're able to get attention from. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You think everyone just loves to be in the gym? Is that what you think? You think everyone just loves to be in the gym? I think you know better than that. Hold on, Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So, what's being insinuated here? The insinuation is that the reason why you see so many white women at the gym is because they know that they got to keep it right and tight in order for them to expand their selection. Sure. What is the assumption being made here? Without, because he, how long it take for him to get to the point? I don't got the patience for it. What is right. the assumption? <laughs> What is the assumption being made here, right? That black women's focus isn't mm. on their... Like, that one, fuck going to the gym to be healthy, right? Fuck going to the gym to lower your cholesterol, right? Fuck going... It's no... It has to be situated around your body. Yeah. Right? And so, 
Here we are again. The reason why black men are choosing white women is because they 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 stay in a gym. They're more in shape. Mind you, most niggas that I know, like, I, listen, the myth with niggas and white women is niggas and white women, they don't get the white women to be in the gym. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, exactly. <laughs> you feel me? Let's, like, like, let's, let's throw that out. When them, when them income checks come, the type of white woman that, that, that niggas be laying up under, it, it, it ain't Becky out here in North Hollywood. First of all, let's just, just to all. get out there. Just to, just to get that out the way. But second, right. to preface the conversation with an idea that I'm trying to help you through body shame. Yeah, that was a message for me. It wasn't even for y'all. It was for <laughs> they wanted to help. They want to help you with body shaming. Go ahead, Toysha. <laughs> no, I just I don't have anything to say. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just here this can be summed up very easily in the same yeah. way that every other conversation about interracial relationships from the perspective of black women has already been summed up. We don't give a shit about who you date. We don't give a shit about who you love. You can do that. You just can't do it at the expense of throwing black women under the bus and talking shit about us and who we are, or how we exist. If you don't like us, if you don't love us, we'll find somebody who will. That is a journey that we've been on for all of our lives and that everybody has to go on. That's the way the shit kind of works. But for you to sit up here and have to justify who you fuck with by talking about who you don't makes you sad, means you're not keeping your eye on the ball and you a whole lot more worried about black women than you think or uh, 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 assert yourself to be. And I think that's that. I mean, he needs to have somebody more worried about that Easter lavender that he's trying to pull off on the podcast. You know what I'm like, saying? Like, but anyway, that that's neither here. Fuck that guy. The so the myth that we busting that that these niggas is operating under is the idea that uh, it's black women' fault. No, y'all niggas, weak-minded niggas blame black women for dating white women. Because yeah. it, I know niggas that date white women. Like, I don't think I date white women. I date black women. It is what it is. <laughs> but when, but niggas that situate the conversation around, well, I have a political reason. I have a social, uh, a social political reason as to why I date white women. Podcast nigga foolishness. Yeah. Grade, <laughs> Basically, grade A. Yeah. Grade A. Top notch. All right. Let's get to the last one so we can get y'all out of here. We've been here for a minute. Um, this is what happened when I planned out the show to you, you know. Yeah, it, it usually run along, uh, but this last one is for me, and it's the idea that men who call out patriarchy and misogyny are pandering and simping. Oh, best believe that when I made my little video responding to the dude about the R and B shit, mm-hmm. of course the first criticism, ah, oh, you simping, ah, oh, you simping, bro. That's all it is. You just simping for these women, bro. That's all. Like you just simply man, let it, like mind you, I I've been my wife for ten years. Ten years, we've been married for five. <laughs> like, I'm simping for whom? Look, I this I don't, I don't I don't make sure I gotta shave before I come on here, right? Right. I'm simping for whom? <laughs> like, no, nigga, I know I read. That's the difference. You feel me? <laughs> but like, let's let's take it. Let's take a listen to the criticism though. Let's take a listen to the criticism so we understand the foolishness before we get up out of here. This is the last one. Tyler, I, I, Tyler I, would be and, nice now. <laughs> hey, hey, come on, bro. You Listen, that was high, we, high school, bro. You can't bring up high school stuff. 
Because I, 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 I'll admit though, some some stuff that I did in high school, I did some simp shit in high school. But simping meant something <laughs> different back then, though. So you you know that simping did. didn't mean what it simping did, didn't mean what it did, what it does now with these niggas. Like simping <laughs> means something completely different. You know what I mean? But let's get an understanding of what simping mean from these niggas. Let's be if we're gonna say women are delusional, yeah, simps. simps are delusional, delusional because they're simping thinking they're gonna get a desired outcome. Mm. And it's like, no, it's the men that are disagreeable that are that are getting the women. <laughs> Disagreeableness is attractive to women, yeah. but disagreeableness is not attractive to men, no nope. women. So it's not the same. It's not, I'm good. But that's what I said, like, men and women, we want separate things. Like, what was it? Fit, feminine, friendly. Fit, feminine, friendly, cooperative. Coachable, childless. Yeah. I like how you got rid of submissive. We're not using that no more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they hate the word submissive. They hate submissive. They hate the word submissive. Keep it. So. <laughs> so, this is, so, so this is for you to talk to. So go ahead. Yeah. So um, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Studying racism, right? Right, which 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 kind of got me into reading and kind of understanding about the world, studying the law and racism. You start to start to work backwards on things, right? When you start to wonder where racism comes from, you start to work backwards. And as you work backwards, you start to see that there are there isn't just this one issue of race at play every day, right? There are many different power dynamics that different people fit in, uh, in different moments, mm-hmm. right? That we all navigate in some places, a pri- it's a privilege. It's in, uh, a, a privilege. In other places, it's a disadvantage. For example, a black man, a black male has male privilege in a black environment. However, when that black man goes into a white environment, that black that maleness then becomes a detriment. Right? It's a disadvantage in, in in that aspect because how black may, like alters how we understand what a male is. See what I'm saying? And so. Mm-hmm. As I start to understand, if I, I can't complain about racism, I can't complain about poverty if I'm okay with misogyny, if I'm okay with patriarchy. Because it just so happens that the patriarchs established the the racial structure. That part. Right, so this thing, this, this racial thing that I have a problem with has currently turned into, it, it is also connected to this patriarchal thing that if I actually take a deeper look into, it's actually a problem for me too. That part. Even though they try to say, well, it's male, but yeah, I'm black. So it's all, it's, it's a difference. And so mm-hmm. it's my understand. it's my understanding. It's me reading. It's me working to understand how oppression works, period, is what pushed me to call out misogyny, even the misogyny within myself. Yeah. Even the misogyny within myself. That that even because Toya, are there not times that you gotta check me? We've had conversations. I've also had conversations with the consciously. Nobody's innocent. Everybody has to have some conversations and do some reckoning and do some unlearning and, and relearning, and that's okay. But you just exactly. gotta be willing to do that shit. Exactly. And so simping right now is just used as a way to undermine intellectual conversations about power dynamics, specifically in the United States. Yeah. Amongst black men and black women, uniquely. Right? It's a it's a scapegoat. It's a cop out. 
And, and it, it, it's one that's done, again, to undermine challenging the dominant power structure. Calling A black man calling another black man a simp for calling out misogyny does more for the white patriarchy than it does for black people. Absolutely. So... But Andre uh, Rose, when you say, can you further explain that uh, before we close it out? If you can type out your question, like, what do you mean? Further explain what what specifically that was just said. And shout out to uh, Akasha in the comments, Jay Universe, Mance, uh, Ritwan been with us the whole show. Tyler, of course, you know. Shout out to everybody who's been rocking with us. L Johnson, nineteen eighty. Shout out to you, um, Donnell, been in the mix. Of course, got to show love there. Uh, Avenge the Ancestors was good with you. A lot of great people in the comments been talking to us, our conversation. But Andre Rose, while we start to bring this thing to a head, um, you know, develop that question. What, what can we explain further? But go ahead, plug my bad. Yeah, I mean, so this is just the beginning, though, as I was pointing out, right? Like, this is, like, I am going on a anti-podcast nigga crusade. And the mm-hmm. toy is, toy is going to join me in this crusade. Um, I will use the chop up as a vehicle. To uh to embark so on this crusade, and uh, yeah, it's like it it it's, it's it's not enough. It's not enough people. So if y'all want controversy, cool. I'll be controversy. I'll be controversial to podcast nigga foolishness. Y'all want to see static? Y'all want to see a car accident? Cool. I'm coming at niggas' heads, right? Like I, I mean, and again, if y'all have any podcast niggas that need to be checked, any podcast nigga myths that need to be busted, right? Send it to the Chop Up Show. Send it to our Instagram. Send it to me at the Political Plug on TikTok. We, I'm coming for heads. It's there are a few things that we represent before we get out of here. We are black leftists, right? We are black feminists, right? Both of us. Uh, we are critical race theorists. We are Afro pessimists, and we anti podcast niggas. Niggas. <laughs> Simple as that, you know what I mean. Simple as yeah. that. So, as a part of that static, that it, I'm coming for heads. I'm not gonna be nice about it. Uh, Nicole said, "Do we think these people are agents?" Mm-hmm. Goddamn right. <laughs> That's why I'm approaching it the way that I'm approaching it. It's, it's a here's, the, here's if, the scary part. They they agents and they ain't even signed no paperwork. They agents. No paperwork. They just start performing the, the behaviors of of, of fucking incels and 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 uh, insurgents. Without even being recruited to do such a thing, and that's why it's scary. And shout out to Andre. I see your comment. Appreciate you. So the the last the, the last thing I'm gonna say is, we talking about agents of white supremacy. Yeah. And whiteness became the most insidious when it no longer had to convince black people that they were inferior. They just believed it. So, with that being said, uh, we'd like to thank y'all for joining us on this on this earlier Friday. Right, yeah. so we missed y'all out on Thursday, but y'all could. Well, make sure not, I didn't have it out. in me, y'all. I didn't have it in me. It's all love, uh, but so so be sure to check us out Thursday uh, for next week. We gotta have another great show for y'all. If you're not subscribed to the uh, the, the channel on YouTube, we're trying to get you know what I'm saying up to ten thousand on on YouTube. We close to ten thousand on Instagram, so y'all help us out with that. Make sure y'all share. Make sure y'all like and everything. Make sure y'all support supporting the anti-podcast nigga movement. And yeah. we will see y'all.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.